Welcome to episode 11 of Design Curious Podcast. I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. Today, we are talking about the confidence factor and imposter syndrome. This is something we all deal with, and it is an ongoing mindset maintenance, um, but it gets easier as you learn how to manage it. And so I wanted to bring it up today because I know that is something that all new designers or people thinking about becoming designers will face at some point. So let's get into it. You're now listening to Design Curious, a place where you, creative one, are here to learn about what it really is like to be an interior designer. And I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. If you're worried about how to succeed in a creative career, if you're ready to learn your next steps to become an interior designer, and if you want the satisfaction of doing something you love every day, you are in the right place. Grab a coffee, a notebook, and let's dig into today's episode. Merriam-Webster defines imposter syndrome in part as persistent doubt concerning one's abilities or accomplishments accompanied by the fear of being exposed as a fraud despite evidence of one's ongoing success. So the confidence factor and imposter syndrome are both things that I had to struggle with and deal with at different points in my career. The first time that I faced it, I noticed was while I was in school studying for design and I was really puzzled at which point I could start calling myself an interior designer because I felt like I needed to know so much more than what I was learning in order to say that I was an interior designer. And plus, I didn't have my degree yet. So there was a lot of discussion even amongst my fellow students where one of the professors, I think, had said that we were all technically designers or could call ourselves designers because in our state of California, there was no threshold for residential design. There is a self-certification for interior design, but is not required for practicing in a residential situation. So if you're going into residential design, you can at any point say that you are an interior designer or an interior decorator, and anyone can say this. And if you believe it to be so, then you are. (laughs) So that was really challenging for me because I felt like even when I had been handed my degree that I still didn't have the confidence to say, I'm an interior designer. I kept saying, oh, I studied interior design. I'm a student of interior design. But to actually say once I had graduated that, yes, I'm an interior designer was challenging until I probably had been working for someone else for a while. And as you know, I had been working for a designer through my college career. So even then, I felt really challenged to say that I was a designer. I'm not exactly sure why, and I don't know if I put enough thought to it at the time. Um, There's definitely some mindset issues there that could have been dealt with early on. (laughs) But I did find that as the years went by and I was working for someone else who called me and her designer, then I felt more confident telling other people that I was an interior designer. But the imposter syndrome is real and especially comes up when you decide to hang up your own shingle, if you do. Not everyone is built for having their own business, but if you do decide to start your own firm, you're going to have to deal with this. 
Imposter syndrome is very common and it is treatable. (laughs) It's, It's something that you just manage through your mindset. So what can happen with this cycle, um, especially when you own your own business is that you might get a project, then you are insecure through the project about your design. You may not feel very confident when you're presenting it then perhaps the client loves it and then you go forward with it. But then you're like, oh, they shouldn't have gone with me. Like they could have been so much better if they'd gone with somebody else. So even though you might be getting positive reinforcement, there might be other voices in your head telling you like, oh, you still don't know enough. You're still not good enough. Comparing yourself to other people. Mindset coaching is something that I continue to work on. I have a coach that helps me when something crops up and I love getting her perspective on the situation and it helps me to understand how I should adjust my own perspective and how to face maybe a difficult situation that I had just experienced the next time it comes around. So don't be afraid to get coaching for this because there are experts out there that can help you with your mindset. Another area where imposter syndrome might crop up and I know it did for me was when there are certain things about designing a person's home that was just obvious to me. Like, obviously, you're going to put this sofa here. Obviously, these colors don't work together. We need to paint this. This lighting is too dark in here. Let's add some more light. So there's things that just jump out to me that I would assume every other person saw this. And why am I here telling you what you already know? When the truth is that you actually see things differently as a designer Other people don't have the talent that you have. They have their own talent. Your talent is to improve the look and feel and functionality of a space for people. And don't take that for granted. And your client shouldn't either. So they're going to value that and they're going to let you, they're going to appreciate that you've pointed all these things out to them and have included it in your design. And I'm not going to lie. It's not all rainbows and daisies. There will be times when you might present a design and the person doesn't see the value in it. Or you might present a proposal of your services and the the amount it's going to cost them and they don't want to pay that. This has happened to me on several occasions. I even got to the point of presenting a design and the client said to my face, I could have done that. It was a really interesting experience, but if I hadn't had the confidence in myself and in my design that it was still a good design whether she liked it or not, (laughs) I knew my why and I had my focus on my business and I didn't let it slow me down. I just moved on to the next project, a client who was appreciative of all the hard work I'd done that they could have never done for themselves. So there will be situations that you're going to face where someone will say, you're not an interior designer. (laughs) So it's really comes from within. It's not external confirmation. It is internal confirmation. And another area that you might notice your confidence dropping or feeling like an imposter is when you don't know the answer to a question or to a design dilemma that you're having. And you have to go and ask someone else, another designer, a tradesperson, another expert on what it is that you're looking for. And that is does not mean that you're not good at your job or that you're not qualified to call yourself an interior designer. What it means is that you have the resources that maybe someone else didn't have. You know the right person to talk to. And then through your experience, you're going to be able to offer that information to your next client. 
So just like when I spoke back in episode three about change being difficult for us to accept and having to readjust your perspective and mindset around change, the same thing happens with your talent and your abilities with the confidence factor. So you need to shift your perspective and see yourself from the point of view who's someone who doesn't have your expertise and doesn't have your talent and they really appreciate it. So that should give you confidence to present your design and really own it and move forward in your career and become a better designer. So I'd say one of the most important factors to combat imposter syndrome and to help with your confidence, if that's an issue for you, is probably to stay off of the socials because comparison is the thief of joy. And you might be humming along and really enjoying the project you're working on, and then you go and see what Susie Designer has just done for her clients and is way over the top and just extravagant, and they had a totally different budget and style, but you're starting to feel like your project might not compare to hers. And that will definitely knock down your confidence level. So I would say the number one thing is to stop comparing yourself to others. And knowing that the more experience you have with each job as it goes by, it really does boost your confidence. You say, I've done this before and I can do it again. And It is hard sometimes to overcome your own thoughts in your head that are telling you otherwise. But you know what? You can do hard things. And that's why you're here too, because you're here to learn if you can overcome the obstacles that are required for getting into interior design. So this is applicable even if you don't have your own firm, if you're going to work for another designer. Having confidence in your design and selling it either to your principal or to the client is critical. It will definitely come across in your sales presentation. And at that point, it will become obvious whether you are going to be leading this project or if the client will be leading it. And if you're confident in your design, you're able to back it up, point to the reasons why you chose the things you did, and unapologetically show them your best work, then the client will be more inclined to trust you and (laughs) take your design and be happy with it. This is also why it's important for you to find your why, why you're doing interior design, why you're here to help people, and what it is that your goals are. So it's very important to take that time. Often people will do it at the end of the year or the beginning of the year and really focus in on What are your six months goals, your one year goal, your five year goals and 10 years? And what does it look like? And when you have that trajectory in mind, it will keep you focused on what the end goal is, why you are helping these people and what motivates you every day. It will stop imposter syndrome and lack of confidence in their place. Another area where imposter syndrome will show up is when you are going to charge for what you're worth. And if you're not believing that you are worth as much as Sally Designer down the street, you won't be charging as much and you won't then be feeling the needs that you have for yourself, for the lifestyle that you want, or even the overhead in your company. So here are some additional tips that you can do to help with the imposter syndrome. Read books. There are many books out there that address this issue and can help boost your confidence. And there's many, many podcasts as well. 
Another thing you can do is talk to a therapist and or a mindset coach and work out why it is that you are struggling with this and how to get your mindset back on track so that you can really be able to improve your client's life with your design. You have a talent and you need to share it with them. So let's be confident about that. And I know you can do it. All right, creative one. I know that you have been struggling with that just as well as I have. And that's why I brought it up. But you know what? We have got you covered. I am going to include in the show notes a few references for some books and podcasts that I personally have listened to that have helped me with imposter syndrome and my confidence. You can go and check those out on my podcast page at rwarddesign.com forward slash podcast. And you can find those in show notes for this episode. And if there's a topic that you're struggling with that you would like for me to discuss on the podcast, go ahead and email me podcast at rwarddesign.com. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode, please leave a rating and a review. This helps me reach other curious creatives like you. If you have a topic request or would like to contact me, simply head over to my website, rwarddesign.com or email me at podcast at rwarddesign.com.